I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Zombie Future. Well, that's my line. <laughs> no, you're not Dr. Future, are you? Who are you? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm not a Muslim informant because I haven't been reported to the FBI by Muslims. You're Tom Bionic, correct? I guess, if, if, that's, if that is convenient. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I've completely thrown off my co-host at the Future Quake my Show. My head exploded. And that makes two of us. We're just glad to be you back with you. For duct tape. Put it all back together. For another future. Well, Department of Homeland Security's got plenty of duct tape for yeah. that. So, uh, it's great to be back with you this week. Uh, it's a week of news with tomorrow tremors in our new internet show format. Uh, what we're doing, Future Quake. And uh, the reason why I mentioned a strange word is that I've apologized the last few weeks for being incredibly woefully behind on responding to emails to all you wonderful Futurians out there. He's all caught up is what he's trying to say. Well, you stole my thunder. I sequestered myself in solitary confinement from Friday evening until today, Tuesday, at about 4 o'clock. And except I did make an excursion to Tom Bionic's house for a surprise birthday party, Saturday. We partied, man. It was crazy. And, of course, the Lord's house on Sunday and, and a little celebration after that. But other than that, I have been going through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from all of you wonderful Futurian people out there. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that, you know, we're just sort of like a, a clearinghouse for, like, real cool people to meet. And we, as long as we get out of the way and let them meet... They're much more imaginative, mm-hmm. have more interesting backgrounds, more interesting uh, testimonies and perceptions of the issues. Mm-hmm. And so it's just sort of lucky to be here. To, it's sort of like a dating service almost. We just allow strange people like ourselves to get to meet each other only, you know, with a lot more wisdom and provided infinite advice for us, leads on yeah, shows and stories. <laughs> e-conspiracy. We match you That's with right. 29... Right, and you don't have to trust the other person either. Yeah, yeah that's great. Uh, but uh, it's just been amazing, but yet I am totally brain fried. And so really? I have some new stories to do, but I have a, a whole big stack of uh, emails I'd like to read excerpts from. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people say a lot of really cool things, but they don't always say you can read them on air, and we try to be polite and confirm mm-hmm. that it's okay. So please tell us you we can read your email. You can read it on the air. Yes, or, or part of it or whatever. Yeah. And um, uh, so those who did recently through my, my flurry of activity over the long weekend um, that, that said that I've got a stack of them. We can't read all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes they're representative of a number of people, and all of them are really cool and important. But we can only – we have to do triage sometimes on mm-hmm. things like that. So, and, and same thing, too. Everybody sent some really, really great ideas for some shows for us to do or news or information. I've got it all on, my, on deck. Either I've already gone through it or I've got it to go through. But just bear with us. Mm-hmm. We've got so many more – Concepts and shows and things and we could possibly cover on here, but we're going to do our best. Mm-hmm. So please keep sending us such incredible info. Mm-hmm. And would you like to start first? Or would you like me to read some of these? I emails? would. I would be most interested in you reading those. Okay. Actually. Well, l- I mean, l- I've got like 500 stories that are all crazy, but okay. I mean, yeah, I got some crazy ones too, and got some other announcements and things like that too. So, um, 
I, I would like to say on our listeners, um, you'll probably find uh, a higher percentage of these ones that I read are ones that speak positively about us. And that because is because it's the only time we get. Well, it's for two reasons. <laughs> just One is, uh, through, I don't know why, I guess just the incredible grace of our listeners. Usually the ones that are really super critical are maybe 1% of that, mm-hmm. of our, and, and probably not even that much. Uh, there are some of them where people have some, some pretty strong, profound things to say to us, but it's done in a loving way. And mm-hmm. there's some examples I have here. But the other thing is, is that when people do say really, really critical stuff, and I go back and email them and ask them for approval to read their email, a lot of times, I don't receive it. Hmm. Maybe they're too angry to even say that. But uh, I will say uh, our emails show the spectrum from people saying that we changed their life mm-hmm. and changed the... Uh, too positively and then the dis- changed their life negatively. Well, I mean, some <laughs> of them just say, like, you know, there's nothing like us in Christian radio and totally changed the way they looked at things and all these blessings. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, some of them, you know, I've reviewed recently that uh, said that we were atheist and secular humanist. Sweet. So I don't know if you knew that, it's but a good at thing. Least it's a good thing they've gotten that out because I'm sure wasting a whole lot of time teaching well, Bible studies three days a week, working at a ministry, and yeah, it makes people. you even more insidious that yeah. you're doing all that yeah, as a people, atheist, helping people with real serious spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. Can't sleep at night. Yeah, you're really wasting your time. And, voices and stuff. at least these Darn. people are listening to us. So. Um, you know, I feel like telling shame on you for listening to a show hosted by How atheists and secular you, humanists. But you atheist, secular humanists. But you know what? Thank you for listening go anyway. Go listen to someone else. And thank you for contacting <laughs> us. Now, there are also a number of people out there that have said they're on the fence on whether we're saved or not. So oh, that, well, that wouldn't be I'm as bad as... We, I'm glad that we answer to them. <laughs> I'm glad that well, they, they're like... They decide if you we're saved what? or not. You know what? I hope by example we can hopefully win them over. Sure. That they can decide we're saved. Yeah, man. Come to Nashville. Let's go eat lunch. Uh, and uh, that's and you know what? Some of the emails I had just through the responses over the weekend, mm-hmm. I think some people are veering over toward the saved versus the unsaved meter. Well, that's good. Just you, from you, you know, know what I've responding. noticed, it's really easy to have to have questions about people like that if you've never met them. And then you sit yeah. down and find that's like, wow, you know. like he just you know he eats hamburgers. You know. Direct conversation. Even yeah. sometimes, I mean, email's not perfect. It's it's not the best. But even direct one-on-one, even that is better than just hearing somebody, you know, mm-hmm. in bulk. And people are human beings, and misunderstanding happens all the time. But, you know, just to remind our listeners, and, and most everybody out there understands it, but our whole shtick, our whole gimmick, whatever you want to call it, ministry, focus, is to cover controversial topics for the Christian faith. I mean, it would be a lot easier if we had obvious quake or, you know. Like everybody uh, else quake. Ditto quake or yeah, something ditto like quake. that. There you go. Um, you know, something like that would be much easier, but, mm-hmm. but would be, be adding value mm-hmm. to the discourse. Uh, when, when Christians get into a big rah-rah session and nobody is out there questioning what's mm-hmm. going on, it's sort of like in the Old Testament when Israel got feeling really good about well, itself, when, thought they were doing good, and then the prophets would show up. And yeah, I was going to say I'm not that's equating us to like the prophets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's well, I don't know. Monetarily, I mean, I've got a lot in common with like Elijah. You mean you poverty know? and living yeah. in a cave uh-huh. and stuff? Yeah, you got that part now. Yeah. Well, I I would say probably uh, people would like to have you sawn in too. So that oh, would be I'm sure that there are thing. legions of people yeah. who would love to see that. Yeah. Sometimes um, even in the studio. <laughs> You must be talking about Pyro. Yeah, no. yeah. He's not. He's not talking. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's important, you know, uh, responding in comment commentary to that. I think it's really important when uh, um, there's a huge rah rah session going on and there's not any 
critical thought being going on, I think it's important to yeah. really jump on the bandwagon and yeah. do that. That's when you know the spirit of truth has arrived, when yeah. nobody's thinking and you're all rah rah and there's sort of like a mob rule. Yeah. You know, going Well, on. and the thing is, Oclocracy. I think you would agree with me. We obviously don't agree with a lot of times things people say that are guests on our show. Sure. We think it's educational to hear, like, even through their opinion, you disagree yeah. that you, to, to hear from their own voice some of these things. But we certainly don't agree, you know, with a lot of things. And we don't want people to get this misimpression that, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to inform people. Um, that's why I call us an educational show more than a teaching show. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, to, to show the difference. You you have a class that you teach in a local church mm-hmm. on for young, for young believers mm-hmm. principles of the faith. Mm-hmm. You yeah, that's a sacred trust for you to teach the principles of the oh, faith. I certainly look at it like that. You don't get into all the strange stuff we talk about here. Questionable stuff that's debatable. Nephilim has been mentioned once only because somebody asked. <laughs> okay, yeah. but I mean you you build in in a teaching role on the foundations of the faith mm-hmm. that are clearly supported by scripture. And you build, and you know that you understand that role. And then in Future Quake, it's for those of us who are Christians that are facing the complexities of the modern world we live in, mm-hmm. things that are difficult. And we're trying to foster a culture on Future Quake where you can hear stuff that, that probably rubs you the wrong way at first pass. Mm-hmm. But if we can cultivate a culture, we can give something a listen and then go back and take a fresh look at Scripture and try to see it from somebody else's view. Mm-hmm. That's good for all of us. Sure. And... There's probably certain traditional views about politics or about, um, you know, certain ways we deal with certain cultures or peoples or things like that that mm-hmm. you don't hear as much of the traditional, or at least I'll say recent traditional, maybe not long-term traditional, but mm-hmm. the prevailing cultural view right now mm-hmm. is because we know that is covered a lot on the rest of Christian radio. In fact, show after show after show, mm-hmm. there are certain opinions that are the same. And it would really be no value added for us to trumpet the same views yet again. Especially because I don't endorse most of them. Well, but that, you know, that's taking time. You lesser so than me. I was a little bit slower no, 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 on the draw. No, no. I mean, but, but yeah, it was an evolution for me. But, but we had to be exposed to these challenging views. In fact, some of our guests, some of our most beloved guests on our show, people like Peter Goodgame, for example, mm-hmm. had views that I wasn't ready to accept. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the Bible, sometimes political or whatever. And it took time for me to digest. Certainly Robert Hyde is one that comes to mind, mm-hmm. who's always a few steps ahead of me. Sycamore3.blogspot.com, by the That's way. right. That's right. I was going to mention a few other blogs here before we say goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those are examples of things where it took somebody making me uncomfortable to have some kind of progress in my thinking, or at least see another wow. view. There must be a lot of growing when we go out to eat. Because I, I make everybody uncomfortable. Yes, you do. The, yes, you do. And, you know... I'm there with you, boy. I'm, we're, we're like, uh, you know, sometimes in Christian groups like that, we're like yep. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, yep. and they're surrounded outside that Chilean bank. <laughs> wait <laughs> a minute, us. wait a minute. How many people did you say there were? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, we're good. Just, good. And Let's you know go what? To Australia. I don't mean that in a violent way. I mean that in a, in a loving way. In an intellectual way. It's, it's called Iron Sharpening Iron, like our buddy mm-hmm. at Iron Show says. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough preamble. I hit hope us, that's something that hit us causes email, more yeah. peace, love, and Bobby Sherman amongst all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, from Brother William, uh, who uh, s- sent an email, uh, and I'm just going to read some sections here of it for time's sake. Mm-hmm. He says, hello, Dr. Future. He says, I've listened to your shows for about nine months now, and I want to thank you for all the work you put at each show. I'm sure it's not an easy thing to do. I work as a captain of a U.S. merchant ship that operates between Norfolk and the Azores. 
Yes, my company has a government wow. contract to supply a military base out there. I really don't like being part of the warfare state, but there's very little commercial work left. We understand. Feel your pain, brother. Uh, he says, I appreciate how you and Tom really try to listen to your guests and treat them with kindness. Um, some people don't like it because no, they do some that. people think we need to shout them down, and yeah. that's how. Yeah, he's on the he, he's on the kindness ledger. Okay, yeah, well. he says I have learned to listen to many other points of view, and it has helped me change my position on a lot of things. And uh, he says suggestions for future shows. It'd be good to talk about what we as Christians should be doing in this time of evil. It's one thing to discover all the evil is around us, but quite another thing to have a vision for the future. Alex Jones exposes a lot of evil, but what is his solution? Well, I think he's advocating revolution. This is not the answer. He is very good at exposing the New World Order system, but never explains what order he wants to establish. He says, I think we should look at the early church. Jesus was not trying to overthrow Rome. Paul wasn't either. Paul used and defended his rights as a Roman citizen, but within limits. He wasn't against the Roman state. In fact, the Roman state was his best defender until Nero. Rome saved him from certain death from the hands of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Paul, which is interesting, Rome was not a dominionist state at that time. Um, Paul was not focused on the evils of Rome or the deep things of Satan. He was focused on building the real new world order, salvation in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This is what we must focus on, too. If we focus on the kingdom of Antichrist, we lose our joy and we stop building the alternative world order, Christ's kingdom. And uh, he said a little bit about uh, Rush Dooney, which was a little interesting. He was mm-hmm. saying that he gets sort of a bum rap. That a lot of people take his stuff to extremes, and mm. you know, appreciate him saying that. Uh, just sort of in conclusion, he sent another. I responded to him, and uh, in response, he says, "Thank you for your reply." Uh, he says, "I enjoy your work." Uh, he said, "I stopped listening to Alex Jones because he's always agitating revolution. He has a dystopian vision, and I know that Christ has set us free and given us hope for the future. We must keep the faith in spite of what we see. Uh, this world does not belong to Illuminati, New World Order conspirators, at least in the long haul." In the yeah. short haul, the, short the, their, their king may have it, but yeah. yeah. Um, he says, I think FutureQuick's very positive about the future, and you're very careful to warn Christians not to participate in the evil that is happening around us. He says, thank you so much for speaking out against the warfare state and the idolization of the American empire. Interesting. Can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, you and Tom have really done a great service to the Christian community by opening eyes and shining light on the evil around us. The silence of the American church about America's wars is deafening. How are we any different than the Lutherans of Hitler's day? How did this happen? Keep up the good work and also do warn Christians not to be swept up in any revolutionary activity. Uh, certainly not V for Vendetta kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, and that's my comment. Goofy looking. Uh, uh, so, anyway, he says, we got to get our house in order so we may be salt of the earth. We have a lot of work to do. Your mm-hmm. brother in Christ, William. William, thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, it's time for you to take on some stories. Well, I have oh, got... Well, one last little comment yeah. on him. He sent some pictures showing Sweet. him out at sea, mm-hmm. like when they've got these big ships moving, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And you remember that movie, The Perfect Storm, mm-hmm. where, like, those big mega waves were coming over the ship? Mm-hmm. Those looked like little kiddie pool compared to the stuff <laughs> yeah, he had. Wow. So I've, I've forwarded it to uh, Johnny the Longshoreman. Jo- Johnny the Longshoreman said that he actually, even though he unloads those kind of ships, you know, and mm-hmm. they're on Columbia River, mm-hmm. he said he was actually afraid of water. He said, in fact, he even gets scared of a tall glass of iced tea. <laughs> it's a very Johnny, that was pretty Johnny reply. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Story. Well, do we want to hear about how? No, don't do. This. Pick one. Okay. All right. All right. This is undemocratic. Well, but you know, I, just I, be dominionist on us. Lay it on us. Fine. Trying to be give you free choice, and you're like, no, I don't want free choice. I, I want somebody to tell me what to do. That's right. All right. 
FBI plants informant in mosque to incite violence. Muslims report him to FBI. Uh, and, and the news aggregator that I... FBI uh, puts him in there to incite violence. And the Muslims report him to the FBI. And uh, That sounds a little different than what I hear on Christian radio. How I, it works. I know. I know. It's, I'm sure. I'm just probably calls into question my salvation with some people listening, I'm sure. Even reference this story. Um, it's interesting because the news aggregator that I, I, I copied the story from, mm-hmm. uh, they put in caps at the bottom, no, this is not the onion. Well, <laughs> do you know what the, is there, is there a story, I mean a location for the story? Yes, this is Washington, the Washington Post. Yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, some, some very, very spurious source. Yeah. Um, before the sun rose... The informant donned a white Islamic robe. A tiny camera was sewn into a button, and a microphone was buried in a device attached to his keys. This is Farouk Al-Aziz, codename Oracle, he said into the keys as he sat in his parked car. In this quiet community south, in, in, in this quiet community south of Los Angeles. It's November 13th, 4.30 a.m., and we're hot. The undercover FBI informant, a convicted forger named Craig Montiel, then drove off to 5 a.m. prayers at the Islamic Center of Irvine, where he says he spied on dozens of worshippers in a quest for potential terrorists. Dun, dun, dun. Later mm-hmm. on in the article, worshippers said Montiel gravitated to uh, Ahmadullah Saiz Niazi, an Afghan-born Arabic language, language instructor who was a regular at Friday prayers. In May 2007, Montiel said he... Re- he recorded a conversation about jihad during a car ride with Niazi and another man. Montiel said he suggested an operation to blow up buildings, and Niazi agreed. An FBI agent later cited that in other taped conversations between the two in court as evidence that Niazi was a threat. A few days later, uh, Alush got an anguished phone call from Niazi and the other man in the car. They said Farouk had told them he had access to weapons and that they should blow up a mall, Alush. They were convinced this man was a terrorist. Alush reported the FBI's informant to the FBI. He said agents interviewed Diazi, who gave them the same account, but the agencies took no action against Montiel. There you have it. So you have Muslims reporting a terrorist, and the FBI going, no, that's our guy. Inciting violence. Yep, inciting violence. At the same time, last week we talked about the guy who was this big bomber, was actually incited to set this bomb together yeah, by the yeah. FBI. Again. But we have a big terrorist threat. Yeah, terrible, terrible threat. You know what's interesting? So is this a real stretch to see that our governments are behind this whole for some people, Islamic threat? For some people, if we keep totally reading is. story after story in the press of just what becomes disclosed? I, I, I don't get it. I mean, at this point, every major terrorist thing in the last seven years has been basically proven to be an FBI front or mm-hmm. FBI thing that they were set up or mm-hmm. to put to do. Uh, just recently, Sami Samir Hussein, he was a guy who was a little bit uh, um, a little bit too quick with his mouth, and yeah. the FBI set him up and said, you know, we want you to blow up some, the, we want you to blow up Wrigley Field, and he said, no, I, I don't want to kill anybody, yeah. but I, I want to do something like serious, you know, but yeah. there'll be no killing, there'll be no violence. Yeah. How about we take a bunch of pieces of paper and write boom on them and put them in a suitcase and then put them where nobody is, but they'll see it, and then it blows up so that they see it's like a fake bomb. So it would teach a lesson yeah, than harm yeah. somebody. And the yeah. FBI said, no way, we need to do this other thing. And they they literally badgered him for a year, 
in the uh, in the court document, one of the things they asked the two people that were um, giving the deposition about how they found out about him, they said, well, you know, uh, uh, the defense uh, defense lawyer asked him, well, how did you how did you come to find my client? And they said, well, we had his name from uh, an, another thing that is unrelated to this matter. Hmm. Like, what do you mean? That's a pretty mm-hmm. that. Come on, man. So. Uh, there was the, what was it, the Newburgh Four uh, that wanted to blow up, what was it, the Sears Tower? And it turns out yeah. that was an FBI setup, and, and just on and on and on, you know. I don't know. Some people just, uh, you know. Can, can, can I read a quick one on that topic? Yeah, please. please. Because I want to mention something to you, because I know you have lots of free time. Um, something Tons, you might want to think about. Between the other two radio shows and be, the, because of, other radio shows. You have an incredible memory. Do you think you could put keep a little folder on your computer of all of these false flag things where FBI is involved and just start trying to keep a little electronic thing. Yeah. I'm going to need a... Um, I, I actually did try and start just that. Just a but text got, file. So, I mean, just text yeah. file. I mean, that's a few K, you know. Yeah. I did try and start that, but it ended up getting so unwieldy because I started making others, you know, like trying to organize it, and pretty soon I yeah. had 50 things. And I was like, you know, well, we need to make a long, long list of this mm-hmm. for our Christian friends to look at. That's a great idea. And then say, look at all these and then tell me what your conclusions are. I've got one to add, but it comes from a slightly different source. I was going to read my stories later. I want to read these emails. But since you're on the topic, mm-hmm. I'd like your comments on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not I've not edited this down, so I'm just reading it straight off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from uh, Yahoo News. Uh, pulls us out. Um, False flag attack on U.S. motivated 1963 Senate investigations. Newly declassified files. Was that the Cuban thing? Well, you know, just wait here. Um, fear, fears. Uh, this came out November 9th. Uh, U.S. Newswire, PRN Newswire. Uh, fears of false flag and foreign-funded covert operations designed to influence U.S. policy drove the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to a loss to launch exhaustive investigations and call for warranted enforcement of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA. A newly declassified March 17, 1961 memo unsealed and released by the National Archives and Records Administration on October 21, 2010, outlined the Senate's rationale for investigating Israel lobbying groups and other foreign agents active across the United States. In recent years, there's been an increasing number of incidents involving attempts by foreign governments or their agents to influence the conduct of American foreign policy by techniques outside normal diplomatic channels. There have been occasions when representatives or other governments have been privately accused of engaging in covert activities within the United States and elsewhere for the purpose of influencing United States policy. Quote, parentheses, the Levon affair. Yeah, the, the we, Levon. Should, we should go over that. Yeah. Let me just give a capsule. We maybe have a show mm-hmm. on this. The Levon Affair rever- refers to a false flag Israeli terrorist bombing plot codenamed Operation Susanna against U.S. targets in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So this was Israel attacking U- U.S. people mm-hmm. in, in, in Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. It was designed to reverse U.S. policy, pressuring U.S. withdrawals and reverting control of the Suez Canal to Egypt. Israeli agents infiltrating as Arabs... Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were disguised as Arabs, were discovered, arrested, and criminally prosecuted in Egypt when their explosives malfunctioned, leading to a crisis in the Israeli government. The Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which mentioned Levon twice in a, the three-page memo, mm-hmm. expressed concerns about investigating such sensitive matters. 
there would undoubtedly, even with care, be instances which would lead to foreign governmental protests to violent attacks by special groups in the United States. Uh, and then the declassified files are now available at uh, irmep.org forward slash ILA forward slash 4L, F-O-R-R-E-L. The declassified Senate memo suggested three avenues for investigation. One, public receipt of testimony from Department of Justice and Department of State. Two, public receipt of testimony from selected law and public relations firms. Uh, three, executive, perhaps public receipt of testimony of the Levon affair and similar, quote, gray area activities. The Senate investigated the foreign agents of many countries in 62, held hearings throughout 63, and established and published redacted records. Preliminary findings led the Department of Justice to order the American Zionist Council to register and publicly disclose its Israeli-funded clandestine lobbying activities under FARA. The ACZ promptly shut down and reorganized within its lobbying division the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC, Mm -hmm. which incorporated six weeks after the AZC FARA order but refused to register as an Israeli foreign agent. The Archives and Records Administration, NARA, is the nation's record keeper. It maintains 1 to 3 percent of the most important documents of business conducted by the United States federal government. The Israel Lobby Archives, irmep.org slash ILA, is a unit of the Institute of Research. Hmm. So, so you've got... That's a story that makes people uncomfortable, but the few that I picked this week, I always go for the ones that make all of us uncomfortable first. Yeah, it doesn't make me that uncomfortable. Yeah, I've heard about that one, but uh, I don't. I don't know why. Uh, here, th- these are. I mean, people would say that's just an internet rumor. That's just you know people who are. That's, well, like you said, it's a narrow. Now it's narrow just document. declassified. Yeah, declassified from. I know. I, I run into that with people all the time. They say stuff like, "Well, how do you know that the documents that you cite are really true?" And I go, "Well, it's mm-hmm. it's universally accepted, and if you just read down the whole." Read down to the end of the document. Particularly when it's government testimony. Yeah. You know? It's like when we did the Liberty, ESS Liberty. Mm-hmm. I try to picture on the Israelis. It's true on any topic yeah. we cover, anything. Sure. When you, when you have government testimony, sworn testimony, I mean, what else are you supposed to yeah. produce? I, got I don't into, know. It's funny, along that line, again, not necessarily picking on Israel, but we got into, the, into that. I got into that with a guy uh, recently uh, via the email. And uh, I, I finally, I finally asked him. I said, "Do you believe that the USS Liberty really happened?" He said, "Maybe it did, and maybe it didn't." And so I, I yeah. included three links. I said, "Here's a sworn affidavit from the guy who was the lead investigator, saying that, uh, you know, it was the first, it was a first-rate cover-up job." Mm-hmm. And uh, here's some testimony that uh, from one of the survivors that I was there and lucky enough to participate yeah. in the recording of. And here's. So the Secretary of State of, yeah, the, of the government swore I, to it. Totally. And I sent it and he said, Well, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that all those people are very serious meaning. I'm just not sure that that that's really was, was the events mm-hmm. as they happened. And I said, Well I and I said, Well, what level of evidence would you accept in this case? Mm-hmm. And his his response was uh like you don't know what you're talking about and sort of, you know, slams and slams. Yeah, yeah. So well, you know what? It it is true that you can, it's it's any of us can actually sort of hijack somebody and ambush sure. them with a bunch of information, and so you catch them off guard and you don't know. I've I've had that too, and then you got to stop and think about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would recommend it for all of our listeners. If you have something that you hear that disturbs you, and believe me, you're a good company. Every Futurian on our show hears something that makes them uncomfortable. 
including mm-hmm. you and me. Especially something that makes us very uncomfortable, and and our, our approach should be. My voice makes me uncomfortable. Well, so no, me like too. Yeah, downhill from there. But you know, Step none of us mouse. should take anything on face value. Mm-hmm. But the, the question that I have is, when you hear something like this, that really challenges. Not, I'm not talking about challenging the Bible, challenging Jesus, or anything, but but just things we assume in our culture and things that we sort of tie into it. When you hit something counter to it. Do you just turn it off and say, I don't want to hear it because it makes me uncomfortable? Or do mm-hmm. you say, I need to go investigate that further? And it may be disinformation. It may be untrue. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I need to go check it out. And that's the real decision to make when you're at the crossroad. Either I'm going to stick my head in the sand and stay in my comfort zone. Sure. Or I'm going to check it out, either debunk it or find out that it's true and change well, my going with, going with with, I want to know what's true uh, is why I go to church every morning. Well, not every morning, but, you know, mm-hmm. on Sundays. You virtually have what I would most people would call church every morning. The way you live your lifestyle and where you devote your time is what people would think of. Maybe. Like I don't know. you're one of those zealot extremists. Yeah. That's how most people would say. <laughs> well, that's and I know you true. don't want, I mean, yourself, you think, you know, i got to get closer to Jesus. I need to do more. But your lifestyle and way you live, by judged by what you put your time well, in, well, not lately. people most would consider you a religious, you're a religious extremist. Yeah. Okay. Well, You've I'm, earned that title. Sweet. And I know you don't put yourself in that, but... Me watching you, you know. Great. So, well, give me a turban. Okay. Give me a turban and FBI. Well, do you want another email? Or you want to read a story? Oh, let's go with another email. I really okay. enjoyed that last email. Some of these are short. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have a long one that makes me, makes fun of me or something? I tried to stop most of those. I didn't have enough paper. <laughs> okay. um, this is from uh, Sister Olivia, uh-huh. uh, and. Uh, uh, she says, uh, she, she emails quite often and sends a bunch of leads on stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and, and she yes. sent some things that were pretty challenging, the one I said, you know, a couple times. And, and then sent some information. I thanked her for it. And she says, you know, you're welcome. She says, believe it or not, I've been thinking about you much of yesterday and all morning. She says, I was listening to the program on American imperialism. To be brief, I was concerned that you took my email about Islamic growth, influence in the U.S., etc., and wrote me off as, quote, unchristian. Oh, so she's no. feeling that we'd think her that way. No, that's tough. Um, she says, thus, your email, which I tried to dispel that, mm-hmm. your email seems as a way of our Lord to show the unity of his body. Oh, well, that's that's a great... I, I mean, that, that makes... that We should all rejoice in that. Yeah. Uh, she says, you, Chris Pinto, Dr. Monteith, and she mentions even Dr. Vyth, who's somebody I've just become familiar with. Vyth. Uh, uh, he, he's interesting. Have you seen his no. stuff? It's very interesting. We'll talk about him later. Okay. Uh, have been used mildly in removing veils from my eyes. The word of God speaks more and more powerfully. And the word that tells the believer that his home is in heaven, being not entangled in the affairs of the world, to be salt and light in a world system whose God is Satan. And we are ambassadors in the satanic world and bearers of the good news to the lost. is becoming more and more real mm. and hopefully a reality in my life. As opposed to just profound and inspiring words. Thank you for your heart and work. Hmm. So, anyway, that's from Olivia. And, uh, you know, by the way, people do mention you occasionally. Uh, well, it's frequently. Frequently. But, I mean, sometimes it's focused. Him off. Sometimes the comments are just to you. Like, uh, I don't know if I forwarded you the one where they said you should start the, the Future Quick blog back. I did see that. Uh, and I'd love to. One of our most introspective listeners suggested that. And I really appreciated his email, and I'll yeah. actually I'll take the time to respond to that. Yeah. Um, I would love to do that. I just don't have any time. Yeah. I do this show. Yeah. I do verse by verse Bible teaching. Uh, Tell I, them where they can find it, by the yeah, way. Verse by verse Bible teaching dot com. Very cryptic. 
Um, you know, that's worth millions of dollars. You could be able no, to just chop. Well, you could like you could like sell it to some cult or something and make all sorts of money on that. That's sweet. I could. You could sell them that, and they could teach Bhagavad Gita or something like that, and you could make <laughs> big bucks. Funny. Or um, Anton LaVey's group. Yeah. You know, they yeah, could, well, you could sell that to uh, URL. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, between... Well, okay, let me list it just for people. So, Future Quake, 45 hours a week. Uh, uh, um, another radio show. What's 45 hours a week? What's that mean? Uh, that's my name, daily day job. So, 45 hours a week in day job stuff. Future Quake, uh, verse-by-verse Bible teaching. I teach a class at church. I'm mm-hmm. working on my master's degree. Uh, very slowly. Haven't worked on that in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should include that. Uh, I'm learning Greek and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also trying to stay healthy and stay, you know, have my head connected. Going to church on Wednesday night. Uh, sleep, stop sleep paralysis. I sit on the board uh, for two different ministries, and I think there's a couple I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like I'm sitting around going, "Gosh." I need. I, what, I just have all this free time. Well, I'm I going, think I'm not gonna make it. My, ah! my recommendation, and those are the future ends, is to drop the rest of that stuff and, and just, just concentrate on the future quake. Blog. Start pulling your weight around here. That's I really, suggest. I really, really do enjoy you know like writing short articles and stuff, or even medium length stuff. But um, I just there's I I just don't feel called to do it right now. Yeah. Quite frankly, right. um, the Lord has been on me about writing some stuff, and or at least getting ready to write some stuff, but I don't feel like now is not the time to write yet. I'm still collecting information. One emailer's comment was directed to both of us. They said it sounded like we were typing in the background. Well, they didn't figure that was very nice to the guest. And I told them that no, we're not typing in the background. We're probably making some other kind of distracting miscellaneous yeah. noise, but not typing is the not one of them. Di- Tom Bionic's head are rattling. Could be. Yeah. So I blamed you for most of that. So I hope Sweet. you don't mind. <laughs> it so. probably is my fault. I mean, I make a lot of noise in the background. So uh, we've got we've got a, a story email or one of your stories. Call. Oh, uh, let me go. I got a quick story. I got a bunch of quick stories. Okay, here. Lamos. Um, feds warrantless warrantlessly tracking Americans' credit cards in real time. Hmm. That's nice. Uh, by the way, this is a, things are actually way, way worse. I didn't want to get into it this time, but at some future point, we might even have a show on this thing called mm-hmm. Main Core, which is uh, uh, it is like the ultimate Big Brother machine. Hmm. Um, anyway, I'll get on to this. Uh, the Fed's core. warrantlessly tracking Americans' credit cards. Uh, this is via Wired magazine. Federal law enforcement agencies have been tracking Americans in real time using credit cards, loyalty cards, and travel reservations without getting a court order. A new document released under a government sunshine request shows sunshine. Hmm. I think I've heard of that term. It's like basically you've got to do open disclosure. Oh, uh, the document obtained by security researcher Christopher Soghoyan. Uh, I'm sure I butchered that poor man's name explains how so-called quote-unquote hot watch orders allow for real-time tracking of individuals in a criminal investigation via credit card companies, rental car agencies, calling cards, and even grocery store loyalty cards. The revelation sheds a little more light on the Justice Department's increasing power and willingness to surveil Americans with little or no judicial or congressional oversight. For credit cards, agents can get real-time information on a person's purchases by writing their own subpoena, followed up by an order from a judge that the surveillance not be disclosed. Um, Agents can also go the traditional route, going to a judge, proving probable cause, and getting a search warrant, which means the target will eventually be notified they were spied on. 
but it's not the case in the other one. Mm-hmm. So, and and the the article goes on, and it's a lot of interesting stuff. But that was kind of the main thrust mm-hmm. of it there. So, basically, uh, agents write their own, you know, write their own subpoena, and can then track your credit cards and even your customer loyalty cards at, at the, mm. you know, the store. Awesome. So there you go. Well, with what they can do at the airports, I know. why should we be surprised? I got another story on that here somewhere. It's okay. like, um, you want to do it or? Let me see if I can find it here. We'll see who can come up with one first. TSK, here it is right here. TSA, it's very quick. TSA fricks, frisks groom children to cooperate with sex predators, abuse expert says. Mm-hmm. Nice. This is via the inconspicuous raw story, you know. Yeah. Uh, an expert in the fight against child sexual abuse is raising the alarm with about a technique that TSA is reportedly using to get children to cooperate with airport pat-downs, calling it, it a quote-unquote game. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that really like says it all, like just how truly sick all that is. Yeah. Ken Wooden, founder of Child Lures Prevention, says the TSA's recommendation that children be told the pat-down is a game is potentially putting children in danger. Telling a child that they are engaging in a game is one of the most common ways that sexual predators use to convince children to engage in inappropriate conduct, Wooden told Rod's story. Children don't have the sophistication to distinguish between a pat-down carried out by an Air Force security officer and an assault by a sexual predator, he said. I'm a pretty sophisticated person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the only difference is the badge, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. The TSA policy could desensitize children to inappropriate touch and ultimately make it easier for sexual offenders to prey on our children, Wooden added. Following an outcry last month over the use on children of enhanced pat-downs, which included touching of the genitals, the TSA announced a new modified pat-down for children under 12. However, as the L.A. Times noted, the new rules are unclear on whether the TSA agents can touch the children's genitals. So, hmm. apparently... Yeah, parents have had their kids taken away for a moment from doing basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if you were... It, uh, I'll, I'll put myself in this instance because my parents live a great distance away. If mm-hmm. I called my folks up as a as a kid in college and said, "Hey, mom and dad, I'd love to come see you for the weekend, but I have to have either a naked photo made of me, or I have to be mm-hmm. touched inappropriately by a random mm-hmm. stranger wearing a uniform," mm-hmm. they would go, "Someone sick. who's someone who's not a doctor and not yeah, from a medical person." Yeah, that's sick. Don't. Yeah. You know why? Yeah. You know they'd be calling lawyers and right. all that sort of stuff. Right. But if the government does it, it's like, oh man, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay. Government says, then it's legitimate. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember reading a story one time about a, a lady who was big into the um, nursing uh, movement. You mm-hmm. know, and um, she talked about how much she enjoyed nursing her children. Mm-hmm. And the government came and took her child away because they she they automatically assumed she meant sexually. And though they took her child away that she was nursing mm-hmm. from her, but yet government agent strangers mm-hmm. can do far more worse things that have no justification at all like that without yeah. any problem. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, you know, I, I just saw it this afternoon. I didn't get a chance to print it off, so I'll, I'll only mention it in passing. Uh, apparently, there is a group called like the Guardians of Liberty or something. I'm not sure what yeah. they're doing, but they're... They've actually got a peaceful siege, this is what they're calling, which is basically mm-hmm. like uh, a camp out in front of mm-hmm. the White House and in front of the Capitol building in front of, uh, you know, one of the yeah. buildings around Langley. Um, 
I don't I don't know any details on it. Is anything. it about this topic? No, they're they have three things. They say the government. Well, it is about a, it is about yeah. this topic. The government is saying. Uh, uh, they're, they're saying we are going to engage in this peaceful siege, which basically means we're just going to camp out in front of the various government buildings, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are going to be there until they recognize our civil rights, until they repeal uh, the Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And there was one other thing there. And I just saw a quick press release yeah. on it. I didn't get a chance to see it. But um, let's assume for a second that they are... You know, it's it's just people camping out to yeah. make their grievances heard. Right. Right. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out as as news spreads of that, yeah. and and uh, well, if and when that becomes a bigger thing, and eventually, you know, people are either shoot off premises or mm-hmm. you know, well, conservative run Christian out of town or shot at or are whatever. recommending those people. You know, people do nonviolent things, mm-hmm. resistance, or to be killed. Let their enemies of the state. Who really? Well, Who think said of that? Julian Assange. Oh, yeah. We've got true. Mike Huckabee saying people should be killed for this. Uh, we've got even G. Gordon Liddy wanting somebody assassinated for it. Yeah, I, I've no trial, no trial. Yeah. No, don't waste the time. G. Gordon Liddy wanted so the awesome charges are. Here's a guy who stole things, broke in for a political, like you uh-huh. said, a political Person, objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, right for and, gain of a group of people. Yeah, so it's okay if the Republicans break the law, but if somebody does it to expose evil. Not right, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, that's uniting some Democrats, too, to also do it on people. But yeah. Robert Hyde said once on our show, he said he he, he, he feared, and, you know, he comes from conservative background, too, mm-hmm. like our background. Mm-hmm. But he said, he says the American church has gravitated to embracing authoritative power structures. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it loves what a, authoritative what power a structures. holistically, you know, get your whole arms around the issue way of describing it. Mm-hmm. If it's something that's controlling and authoritative, listeners, just start thinking about that. You know, I'm talking about those who come from our background, a conservative kind of background culture. How many times, if it's if it's something an authoritative group, if it's CIA, if it's military, if it's something that has some means of force to maintain its control, mm-hmm. that's where our religious community has mm-hmm. tended to give their endorsement to, yeah. and those kind of solutions to. Um, it seems to me like there's a definite parallel to uh, Daniel, what was his name, Daniel Ellsberg? Yeah, from the, the Pentagon Papers. Yeah, yeah the Pentagon Papers yeah. guy who, you know, it was released and everybody said yeah. he was evil and stuff. And then, it, right. you know, he's definitely been vindicated, I believe, by, yeah. you know, time and everything. And yeah. you see the same crazy outpouring of hatred right. toward uh, Mr. Assange. No support for whistleblowers. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, that's, anyway, that's another... Know. Kettle of fish we can we get into. We could do into. a whole show on that one. Yeah. Uh, I got something that cleanse the palate if I could share it real quick. Awesome. Okay. Ginger. No, that's not it. Yeah, uh, no, well, ginger is a is, is a that good for cleansing? For, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is for something else that ails you. Uh, one of our Futurian listeners sent a very interesting email, uh, and their name has just escaped me, and I want to apologize to you mm-hmm. out there because you sent something that I mentioned was very very important, and I'll be, you know, bringing it up again. But what they basically showed was there was a meeting that went on in the last week um, that basically it's a class taught on psychedelics and ayahuasca and stuff like this as mm-hmm. far as like getting involved in it. But the mm-hmm. thing with that I caught my eye was that it was endorsed by a seminary. 
and a seminary was behind what? this. And I was looking, I printed off the, the, the main article for it, and it didn't have the seminary on it. But I'll look it up, because I'm sure we'll go back to this, because I think this is a story that I want to refer to about this growing, um, you know, revival in um, um, sorcery. Uh, this particular one I, I got that they had linked to, or, and I went and found it, it's called Democratizing Psychedelics. Uh, and it was given, I guess, in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, uh, and it says, uh, Thomas B. Roberts, uh, Dr. Roberts, will present democra- democratizing psychedelics, the new era in spirituality and religion, Friday, December 3rd at Unity of Madison. Dr. Roberts is Professor Emeritus at Northern Illinois University, where he has taught founda- foundations of psychedelic studies since 1981. Um, this is the world's first catalog-listed psychedelics course. He has organized an entheogen conference. Now, entheogens are chemicals you ingest to have religious experiences. Mm-hmm. What they're for, okay? We would call it sorcery. They mm-hmm. call it entheogens. Uh, entheogen conference co-sponsored by the, oh, here it is, the Chicago Theological Seminary. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're pushing the chemical effect for religion. Mm-hmm. Chicago Theological Seminary and the Council on Spiritual Practices. He was a visiting scientist at the John Hopkins Department of Psychiatry. So, he's helping on psychiatry as well, too. And Human Sciences Behavioral Biology Research Center, sharing a weekly staff development discussion about psychedelics for the psilocybin research group. Dr. Roberts has spoken at international congresses, including the 2008 Psychedelics Conference in Basel. In April 2010, his all-day conference workshop, Research on Psychedelics Moves into the Mainstream at the Tucson Consciousness Conference, was followed later in the week by a presentation at Psychedelic Science in the 21st Century in San Jose. You hear all this? This is more and more and more of these meanings becoming mainstream, as they say. Um, Dr. Roberts has edited two books, Psychedelic Medicine, New Evidence for Hallucinogenic Substances as Treatment, and Psychoactive Sacramentals, Essays Mm -hmm. on Entheogens and Religion, uh, and the presentation sponsored by Shakti Bookshop. WRT Radio and Unity of Madison. And uh, so, anyway. Hmm. I thought that's pretty interesting. You got far out, man. Seminaries, you know. I mean, there's a big spectrum of conservative and, and liberal. Mm-hmm. But there's one that's actually uh, recommending. Interesting. Interesting. Um, here's a story. I'm, I'll be interested to see where this goes. Okay. Nigeria to charge Dick Cheney in pipeline bribery case. I had that too. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, I'll do another one. I won't get to that. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, there's so many stories. I got like this pile. There's no, we could do four hours of news and I would still not cover it. Uh-huh. And I hope people would listen to it at one setting. <laughs> <laughs> then they would look like me. Yeah. Actually, I developed bed sores while I was doing this marathon email response. Oh. Yeah. My skin had actually grown into the sofa You're lining like, itself. Uh, the guy who painted the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, similar talent too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh he had he wear he wore leather leather coveralls that actually melded to his skin. Really? Yeah. He huh. wore them laid on his back for three years, they melded to his skin. He had to have them like surgically taken off a little bit at a time. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah that it sounds like me. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Nigeria to charge Dick Cheney in pipeline bribery case. This is via Bloomberg News. Okay. Uh, Nigeria will file charges against former U.S. Vice President Dick Cheney and officials from five foreign companies, including Halliburton Company, uh, corporation rather, over a $180 million bribery scandal. 
uh, prosecutor at the anti-graft agency said, indictments will be lodged in a Nigerian court in the next three days, Godwin Obla. Prosecuting counsel at the Economic and Financial Crimes Commission said in an interview today at his office in uh, Abuja, the capital. Um, an arrest warrant for Cheney will be issued and transmitted through Interpol, the world's biggest international police organization. Uh, this is for our recent vice president, Interpol yes. arrest mm-hmm. warrant? Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting what goes on. I mean, Interpol, next time Dick Cheney goes to an Interpol a country, they're required by law to pick him up. Well, the only advantage he has is like Blackwater and Halliburton, these ones work for him, and they have a larger military than most of these countries. Yeah, so. he'll he'll be able to take Nigeria over. Right, you know. if he hasn't already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of comment. Yeah. So, so I just want to make sure people understand that. Mm-hmm. We have our just recent vice president now is a... I hate to use the word criminal, but he is wanted on arrest warrant by Interpol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darling of the religious movement. Oh, my God. And you know what? He's not even the scariest Cheney of the family. His daughter, Mary Cheney, makes him look like a Girl Scout. Really? Is it Mary, I think? I don't I know her, her name. Yeah. But, oh, she's she's like Dick Cheney on steroids. Whoa. Yeah. He's he's like uh, Did all her hair Mr. Mr. Green Jeans compared to <laughs> this woman. Yeah. Wow. Scary. Um, Peter Long, Cheney's spokesman, said he couldn't immediately comment when contacted today and said he would respond later on to an email request for comment. Uh, Obla said charges will be filed against current and former chief executive officers of Halliburton, including Cheney, who was CEO from 1995 to 2000, and its former unit KBR Incorporated, based in Houston, Texas. Technip SA, Europe's second largest oil field services provider, uh, NESPA, Italy's biggest oil company, and Sipem Construction Company, a unit of uh, any. Oblig didn't identify the former officials whom he said held office when the alleged bribes were paid. There you have it. Let me, let me simulate uh, most of the American Christian community that story, okay? <sighs> yeah. Well, I, you tell you tell people about. Uh, I believe the guy's name was James Shaquati. Um, I might have that wrong, but he was mm-hmm. a he was an activist whose family was killed by Shell Oil Company. Mm-hmm. By they, Shell Oil Company basically paid the police in these. Uh, they they even had a name. They were called uh, 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 Stop and Kills. They were like hmm. they they'd jump in the boat and they go and they'd raise an entire village of people they didn't like. Okay. And, and Sounds like what the corner gas station they would have. Yeah. I got to drop by the stop yeah. and kill on the way to work. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, uh, this guy, he was he was uh, uh, organizing against this stuff. And so the head of Shell Oil at that time said, look, you have to get rid of this guy. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you pick him up and just execute him in the street. You just mm-hmm. get him. And that's like on record, him saying that. Yeah, yeah. And... He was taken. They tried to try it in the UN, and they said that for some reason the UN said, "Well, we can't our, we can't rule on this." Yeah. And the the war crimes tribunal said, "Well, we can't rule on it because it's not a war, wartime mm-hmm. thing." So then they tried it at another because it was a uh, because the person who said that was an American national. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried it in an American court, and the American court said, "We can't rule on it because he's a corporation." Yeah. So. Like, here's this poor guy who was trying to do nothing but keep his people alive mm-hmm. and keep justice going on. And here's Shell, like, right. 
basically walking over them roughshod, wholesale. Yeah. Well, at least they're Dutch. At least they're not American. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you have it. Now, you know what's sad, though, is that uh, the second largest city of Future Quake listeners, the one right underneath Nashville, is Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So for all of our Amsterdam listeners, I'm sorry if we offended you with that. Um, yeah. next I'm sure they be, all walk and ride bikes, so it's well, not a big deal. Next would be Auckland, New Zealand, and I haven't had any New Zealand stories, but mm-hmm. can I have another one that has some Lay it on sort of me, foreign baby. connection? Um, this will get me deeper in the hole, okay, With uh, after that other story I read. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to pick them up in this order, but I had one of our listeners... Um, Said, hey, I heard something. You all were talking something about this Ergen Kaner guy. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Can you tell me more? Mm-hmm. And so I went and found to get him started the Wikipedia listing because mm-hmm. then you'll have links to everything else on that. Mm-hmm. And while I was at it, they I think they mentioned something about Walid Shabbat, mm-hmm. which oh, did he? Has he come up to be a, a faker too? Well, or have facts that are contradictory? What are you like, Mr. Prophet? Or <laughs> Call me the Amazing yeah. Triskin. Yeah. Um, well. Uh, while he mentioned that, I thought, you know, I'd heard a rumor that there were some questions about him. Now, just like Ergen Kainer, I've also heard Waleed speak at a prophecy conference. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really popular. And, um, in fact, we've had untold numbers of people say we should interview him on our show. And, um, Maybe we should. Well, I don't know. But... Um, I think this would be a perfect backdrop in the, to get him to clear up some of these things. In the interest of full disclosure, let me just say, I just for brevity's sake printed something off Wikipedia because that's something everybody can get to easy, mm-hmm. and you can look at it, and then you can go do other research. So I have not done extensive research, but if those of you pick this stuff out, this may, may upset some people, big fans of his. But um, I thought it was interesting. Well, Waleed Shabbat, uh, from Wikipedia, is a Palestinian immigrant to the United States. He was born to a Palestinian father, American mother, and is a former PLO militant. He came to public attention by becoming an Arctic critic of Islam and support of Israel. Uh, he says at uh, his official website, Shobat.com, uh, he was born in Bethlehem, the grandson of the Mukhtar of Beit Shahur, uh, whom Shobat describes as an associate of the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Muhammad Amin al Husseini. Uh, his great-grandfather uh, was also a fighter and close associate of uh, Haj Amin al-Husseini and others. He says he joined the P- Palestinian Liberation Organization as youth and was involved in attacks against Israel. Upon his release, Shabbat continued his anti-Israeli activism until he immigrated to the United States, where he became involved with the Arab Student Organization at Luke College in Chicago. Shortly afterwards, Waleed worked as a software engineer and became a U.S. citizen. In 1993, Walid converted to Christianity after studying the Jewish Bible for six months in response to a challenge from his wife, initially trying to persuade her to convert to Islam, which which is great. Converting mm-hmm. to Christianity is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, it says, Shabbat claimed that he threw a bomb at Bank uh, Leumi, an Israeli bank in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. However, the bank has no record of the incident. Also, Israeli newspapers at the time did not report any such incident. The authenticity of Shabbat's account has been disputed by many sources. The Jerusalem Post also disputed the authenticity of Shabbat's account of his terrorist history. The paper stated that Shabbat claimed bombing uh, has been rejected by both Bank Lumi, which claims no such attacks took place, and by Shabbat's own relatives. The Post said Shabbat had contradicted himself on this matter. Uh, when in 2008, the Jerusalem Post asked him if there were news reports about the bombing, and he said, I don't know. I didn't read the papers because I was in hiding for the next three days. But in 2004, 
He had told the Sunday Telegraph that I was terribly relieved when I heard on the news later that evening that no one had been hurt or killed by the bomb. He says, during a telephone interview with the Post, Shabbat was unable to recall the date or the time of year of the attack. Gosh, you think that would be something that you would have pretty burned into your head. Well, George Bush didn't remember, Senior didn't know what he was doing in Dallas the day that uh, FD, uh, L, uh, JFK was shot. I think I know. Even though there was a call from George Herbert Walker Bush that they reported also the FBI of, who was the killer. The FBI, yeah. So, anyway, he says... Uh, uh, while Sabat says he was pressured by teachers to adopt extreme Islamic philosophy, Jerusalem Post article reported that his uncle, who still lives in Bethlehem, said that religion did not play a major role in his education. And he'd actually left Bethlehem by the age of 16. Now, Shabbat in 2008 responded to the Jerusalem Post skepticism on, on that pa- paper's op-ed page. He wrote that the Jerusalem Post had been duped and that the sources they interviewed who disputed his own account of his upbringing, including his relatives, were themselves involved in terrorism and want to see him discredited. He also claims the report... Now, I don't know why the Jerusalem Post would want him to be discredited, but... Hmm. Uh, he also claims that reporter did not interview reputable witnesses offered to him who could confirm the bombing operation of Bet Lumi. He also posted a response on his website. And I, I got this right before we came to broadcast so i haven't read that his mm-hmm. website on it so um it says after the september 11 tax of 2001 shabbat became an active uh, advocate against islamism and a fervent supporter of the state of israel uh he's appeared in mainstream media around the world and and portrayed as an expert witness on a number of documentaries on islamism mm. uh he he argues that there are parallels between radical islam and nazism uh, he says secular dogma like Nazism is less dangerous than Islamofascism that we see today because Islamofascism has a religious twist to it. It says God the Almighty ordered you to do this. So mm. uh, it says the uh, he's the founder of the Walid Shabbat Foundation, an organization that claims to work to fight for Israel in the media. Shabbat believes Israel should retake the Gaza Strip, uh, and uh, he says. Uh, he, he advocates that Israel deport anyone who denies its right to exist, even if they were born there. Now, critics such as Ibrahim... Okay, let me scoop on here. Uh, okay. Uh, academic professors and others who've heard him and two other evangelists he sometimes lectures with complain they're too old to have been recruited for Islamic terror as teenagers since the ideology of Islamic Jihad... Uh, tax only became prevalent in the late 1980s. The men are all middle age. Mm. Uh, skeptics question why Shabbat has been able to retain his U.S. citizenship if it is true that he was involved in acts of terror. Wow. Well, that's a very good question. It's a very interesting thing. It's according to what you're doing terrorist against. Mm-hmm. The Jerusalem Post states that Shabbat has profited from a story that he was formerly a Muslim terrorist. Um, when the Post... I asked Shabbat whether Walid Shabbat Foundation is a registered charity. He said that it was registered in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania State Attorney's Office said it has no record of such a charity. When asked again, Shabbat claimed it was registered under a different name, but that he was not aware of the foundation's registered name or any other details, which were known only to his manager, Dr. Joel Fishman of the Allegheny County Law Library. Uh, or no, excuse me, Dr. Joel Fishman uh, of the uh, Law Library in Pennsylvania expressed doubts while Lead Shabbat's foundation donation process. He noted that if the money were being given to a registered charity, the charity would have to make annual reports to the state and federal government. Um, so, I'm not 
done further review, so to be fair mm. to the gentleman, I'd have to review it. I know there's a lot of fans of, of him out there, Yep. but that would be interesting to look further into that. Wow. Interesting. Any comments from you? Uh, not surprised, to be honest. I think it's a very... I think the fact that he was he's been allowed to keep his citizenship, even though uh, you know, he admits to being doing, you know, doing terrorist attacks. Although they, nobody can prove that he did it. Well, that's only most recently. And then you have people like uh, actor Mark Ruffalo being put on the terror watch list because he made a um, he made a documentary about drilling in the oil, drilling for oil in Alaska. Yeah. You know, um, just what exactly do you have to do to get on the old terrorist watch list? And stay off of it. Yeah. And who stays off of it? Yeah. You know, we've got a v- VP who's on an Interpol arrest list. Yep. And he's not on it. Yep. I'm sure. So, <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, want a story or email or what do you want? Well, I'll tell you what. I got a... How much time do we have? We doing we, good? We have uh, about 18 and a half, 18 minutes. Okay. And I, gotta, uh, I, want, I want five or six minutes for some wrap-up announcements. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got a longish story, but I'll condense it down because it is so weird. I don't even... I, I want I want uh, our our listeners to to mull it over in their heads. Okay. Um, and I'd like to maybe do another email. I had okay. a whole stack of them. Okay. To go through, I'll, so. I'll I'll con- I'll compress this one significantly. Um, a billion new one hundred dollar bills quarantined in huge vaults in Fort Worth, Texas, and Washington D.C. My immediate comment is like, with mainstream news like that, why do I you know why do I need to be a conspiracy theorist? Mm-hmm. Hey, can I? I, I hate this. My conscience. Mm-hmm. Um, I will try to go to Waleed Chobot's website and see if he has some good answers to these kind of things mm-hmm. uh, and do the golden rule. We need to do sure. benefit of the doubt on it. I'm sorry. I just had to get that off my mind <laughs> so I can focus on you. No, no, no. I appreciate it. And our listeners, that. if they could correct us, too, on anything mm-hmm. like that, I'd want to give him the same um, mm-hmm. grace we would ask for yeah. ourselves. So no, well, that's anyway, good. so now, okay, $100 bills. Yeah, a billion of them. And I don't mean one. A billion bills. A billion bills. So that's $100 billion in value. $100 billion in in bills. Quarantine in huge vaults in Fort Worth, Texas, and Washington, D.C. So what exactly does that mean? Uh, Before I read the story, like, stop and think about that. Here's $100 billion in greenbacks, uh, and nobody really knows why they're wrong or anything. But they're quarantined there, and somebody said, oh, we've got this huge problem here. Oh, well, we're going to have to burn them all. I don't know. Something about this sounds mm-hmm. fishy to the ridiculous nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the the rest of the story? Well, I'll just give you the I'll give you the CNBC story, okay. and I'll let the let the listeners be aware and can listen, and perhaps they can point us and to check something. their own hundred dollar bills in their wallet. In fact, probably the safest thing to do would be for them just to forward them to the Future Quake Show to get yeah. those out. Just to separate yourself from them, mm-hmm. and yeah. we'll dispose of them properly. Yes. Uh, this is this is from that big conspiracy website CNBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, a significant production problem with new high-tech hundred-dollar bills has caused government printers to shut down production of the new notes and to quarantine more than one billion of the bills in huge vaults in Fort Worth, Texas, and Washington D.C. CNBC has learned. Initially scheduled for release in February of 2011, the new bills were announced with great fanfare by officials at the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve in April. Uh, at the time, officials announced the new bills would incorporate sophisticated high-tech security features, including a 3D security strip and a color-shifting image of a bell designed to foil counter- counterfeiters. But the production process is so complex, it has instead foiled the government printers tasked with producing billions of the new notes. I don't believe that. An, an official familiar with the situation told CNBC that 1.1 billion of the new bills have been printed, but they are unusable because of a 
increasing problem in which the bill folds over during production, revealing a blank, unlinked portion of the bill face. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, a second person familiar with the situation said that at the height of the problem, as many as 30% of the bills rolling off the printing press included the flaw, leading to the production shutdown. Hmm. The total face value of the unusable bills, $110 billion. Excuse me for one second. You know, you only do this when we're on air. I, I don't know why it happens like when that. When we have interviews, it spend half my time during the week trying to edit those coughs out. I'm, I'm really, really which sorry. Which I don't do when we do these I, segments. I'm really sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to have to quit How eating dare you. on Tuesdays. Um, uh, the total face value of the unusable bills, $110 billion, represents more than 10% of the entire supply of U.S. currency on the planet, which a government source wow. said is $930 billion in banknotes. For now, the unusable bills are stored in the vaults in cash packs of four bundles of 4,000 each, each pack containing 16,000 bills. Officials don't know exactly what caused the problem. There's something drastically wrong here, a person familiar with the situation said. The frustration level is off the charts. Meanwhile, Ben Bernanke and Hank Paulson stroll through and casually pack their luggage. Oh, okay. Did that's you not add that the, part? That's I totally yeah. added that. Part. What's your interpretation? What do you what, what do you guess? Speculate is the okay. Well, there's there are three possibilities. One is that, uh, like I said, Hank Paulson and 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 mm-hmm. company just printed them around. And we're, we're just like, oh well, you know, I mean, they bought the bailout, so yeah, yeah, they'll buy this. You sure, know, the sure. second. Is something that's even more interesting that I've just recently become uh, come to find out. It's the super notes um, phenomenon, where basically somebody is printing uh, hundred dollar bills that are showing up all over the world that are so good. The only way that they can tell that they're not mm-hmm. not uh, uh, it's it's literally mm-hmm. uh, literally in a legal parallel of a genuine note. Yeah. Um, the only way they can tell the difference is by comparing the. Uh, um, what do you call it? The serial numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and finally, the other idea is maybe the whole super note people um, are in the government and they just aren't up to speed with printing them. Hmm. They just, you know, they were re- they were they just figured, oh, we'll just hit the mm-hmm. computer button and we'll literally literally print, and they did it. So basically, really, it, it's mm-hmm. three three options that condense down to two, mm-hmm. which is either the government or the government. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. those are the only logical mm-hmm. ones in my mind. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I know it's for some altruistic reason because sure. I think we've confirmed in six years that our government would not be up anything except for our own best wishes. Yeah, I know. And ask not those, any personal agenda. Ask those guys, ask those Muslims, Muslim Americans at the um, Ur- mosque in Irvine there that where the FBI sent informants in and then yeah. the they they ratted on the the f the muslims told the maybe FBI it's not the islamo fascists trying to kill us maybe it's the fbi they're coming over the gate ah! maybe it's the fbi ah, trying to kill us coming over to the gate cuz ah! the fbi is leading all the terrorist attack yeah. Why, maybe they're the ones out to get us yep like uh mm-hmm. um what was in what did they do during the 1970s i just forgot their their program the fbi program i'll think of it in a minute gladio no 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 it's the uh that was the CIA. It was an acronym that, that they used for infiltrating every kind of public interest group in America. Oh, yeah. I remember you um, saying that. Um, would you like a email? Please. Okay. This is from Brother Dion. I believe it's Brother Dion. Uh, uh, this week, we got two different listeners from Cape Town, South Africa, emailing Future Sweetness. Quake. Do they know each other? Uh, it doesn't appear. Oh. The other was Audra. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure Audra said we could read her email, but I don't want to embarrass her. But um, she was very, very kind and uh, ordered a book, frightening book. Oh, up front yeah. of Future uh-huh. Quake, yeah. and support our ministry with that. Mm-hmm. And I believe your CD, yep. which other people are remiss of not getting. They should yep. get your CD. I wish you all could go to church with us, everybody. In fact, you're all welcome this Sunday if you can all. Yeah, just all pile in the van Dion and, come and Audra. Come on. Yeah. Um, it's just like a 16-hour flight for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, if you could come, I wish you could hear Brother Tom play. He is like my favorite only instrumentalist, and uh, you should get this. Uh, CD he has. Well, that's, uh, I'll have to give you one of my new fake $100 bills for that kind of endorsement. I am a paid spokesperson. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Brother Dion, uh, uh, he mentions on here, he says, uh, Dr. Future, uh, uh, Dion from Cape Town, South Africa, just want to drop you a line saying, we're listening, Doc. Keep trucking. Sweetness. And I'm glad that keep trucking is an international uh, expression of goodwill. Mm-hmm. And I want to assure you, Dion, that we are still trucking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sister Audra had a bunch of stuff and, and, and printing out all these emails. One thing I forgot is to print out. She, she, she had a long, um, disclosure about some things that she mm-hmm. was aware of going on. Mm-hmm. And it was in a, in an attached document. And I forgot to print the document. But mm-hmm. something I want to mention, uh, and we appreciate you out there, Audra. Thanks for your kindness. Was that she, she works within the parliament there. In, in South Africa. Uh-huh. And here's an interesting thing. It's actually on the grounds of a Freemason's Lodge, and they use it from the Freemasons. It's the Freemason's building that the Whoa. government of the country uses. Whoa. And the lodge is like right next to it in a crypt and all this other kind you think of stuff. They ought to, you think they would just... I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I'm, don't you think, think they would it. just go? That, that's something we need to explore. And, and the Freemason's Lodge, can actually, they can actually take the building, I guess, whenever they want or something, but you have a... You know, head of state, the the legislative body meeting in a Freemasons building. You would think that they would just Which, do like. I uh, guess that's not much difference in Washington because yeah. they laid the cornerstone for our main buildings in yep. Washington. Yep. Put a Bible in what was it? The Washington Monument said they were going to try and neutralize its. Yeah. Power or something. But you know, she showed some pictures and different things that were available. Man, it's creepy. Mm, spooky. It's really neat. But uh, we appreciate your order. Can I do another quick one here? Sure. Um. I, I really like those ones from, you know, far away. Uh, this is uh, Sister Susan. Um, uh, Susan says, uh, Doc, your show gets better and better. What an excellent interview on the Temple of Time. I'm going to have to read, uh, crawl through that book. I really appreciate what you're doing to bring Future Quake to people like me. Mm. Um, Susan hails from parts unknown. But we appreciate you, Susan, for for that very much. And uh, that, now that show, Jerry, Indiana, or? I tell you what, between that show, the Temple of Time, mm-hmm. and the one on ayahuasca, mm-hmm. our in basket was full to the brim of controversy. Mm. I mean, people were really divided over. I mean, overwhelming majority, as usual, was positive. Mm-hmm. But more than usual, people had second thoughts mm. about about both of them. Uh, I think one of them described Tom Paine something akin to a sorcerer. So I told him that. I told him it's important to yeah to, to to label other people whom you've never met and only yeah. have one hour of listening to them on a radio show as yeah. Yeah. sorcerer. Maybe we're guilty of that too. I don't know. Um, I'd like to think not. I try to be. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't you know, know. Yeah, maybe you're better than me. Fired. Um, but I, I wanted to share from one of our from our best friends uh, on on Johnny the show the here. Johnny the Longshoreman. Well, he's in a special class, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is, this no? is from uh, Brother Paul uh, out in Texas. Oh, yeah, Paul who, in Texas. Who actually we met yeah, at Paul's the cool, last man. day's uh, 
conference we last year like in Nashville. Ten hours to come out here. Yeah. Um, There's another another conference, Paul. Yeah. What you talking about, Fort Wayne? Yeah. Get. Yeah, the, we'll get to that. Get we'll get the get van, some, Chief. Got to wrap some announcements up here. Get in the van. He says, Doc, I just want to thank you for all the hard work you do for our Lord Jesus. He says, when I think about it, where I was at this time last year, it seems like an eternity ago. Because of Future Quake and the faithfulness in you and Tom, my life has forever changed for the best. Thank you for your willingness to follow the Lord. You and Tom could spend your time doing any number of things other than Future Quake. But through Future Quake, God called me out to be his willing servant. I wake every day now ready and able to share the love of Christ because you all were willing to do the same. You never know where God is going to come to meet you, but I'm glad that it was for me. It was at Future Quake. Man, we ought to hang that up on the wall. That's pretty heavy. Isn't That's it? pretty profound. Yeah, Thanks, I've always Paul. told Paul he's one of. We have millions of encouragers out there, and all y'all are wonderful. But he is consistently, you know, like when they're getting ready to put us on the gallows, mm-hmm. he's going to be there. I think with a spare horse for us to run off <laughs> when that happens. I really feel like he's that supportive. Uh, we're coming to the end. Can I make some quick announcements? Sure. And then you can comment on them as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our listeners is looking for information on uh, confirming, like hard information, that fluoride was used by the Nazis on our troops. Mm-hmm. They thought they could find it and couldn't find it. Hmm. And it put them in sort of a weak spot arguing. So uh, this goes to you too, Tom. But any of our listeners, if you want to send me any kind of links or anything like that, I'll try to pass it on to them. Okay. Okay, they need that. Uh, somebody sent some information about Alex Jones and about some stuff he and I, I can't remember if it was Watson or one of the other guys there are doing that gets to sound more and more religiously sort of new agey kind of thing. Yeah. And that's very sad because, well, actually I read it and much of what said, I will read it sometime when we have time. A lot of it I agree with. It's mm-hmm. just you don't know what direction it's going. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as you know, we've used many of their stories there because mm-hmm. they're good stories. Sure. And I have said before to him and on air that he has pointed out things that I should have had a pastor point out to us, Mm -hmm. but it came from him. And I really indebted to him, but we do not want him in the clutches of a David Icke or New Age people. Mm -hmm. So would you all pray for Alex Jones, pray for his spiritual guidance and protection? Uh, Talk about an important person. That needs our intervention. You know, it's tough. That guy, you know, he goes to the goes to the Bohemian Grove and everything, and uh, not not to participate, but to no, expose but to expose it. Yeah. And and the universal reaction for most Christians is ho hum. Yeah. And then he does a second one exposing all of the occultism that's going on by other people outside, and it's an even larger, louder, and longer yawn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pray for him. He he has been a very brave person. We don't know all what motivates him, or I mean, we take him at face value, but Mm -hmm. just pray for him. Sure. Um, something real quick, sort of heavy. Um, I might as well put it down on the table. Uh, been thinking about different projects to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. some more activism thing. And I may have alluded the last show about thinking about doing something with the National Religious Broadcasters meeting. Mm -hmm. And just to update everybody, this is subject big time for change, but. Either this is a bit of undercooked potato I had or this is something God is saying. Um, since we're finding it extremely difficult to get in there to be able to pass out anything or any kind of exhortations for mm-hmm. broadcasters, we're talking about maybe having a time of prayer outside of the meeting building for our religious broadcasters mm-hmm. and actually try to come up with something that we can all read ahead of time in a prayer about some of the things that we would really like Christian media to wake up to mm-hmm. and to step up in America. Uh, too, and be kind of thing where we'd invite everybody within the sound of our voice, and want everybody to spread the word. Mm-hmm. If you want to show up there, yeah. we got a few months. It's not until like the end of February. Stand so. out in the parking lot or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the cold, and then not stand the out there, not stand out there long, but just out there and entreat the Lord for Holy Spirit work. 
mm-hmm. uh, to be done uh, and to open their eyes to some of the things like what we talk about here and not, not promoting future quake, but, but just trying to get them to take up the standard, mm-hmm. you know, with their voice. And uh, if you all would pray about that, if that's what people think God would agree to, and if you'd like to help. Um, I'll have to talk about you. This We don't have much time left, but uh, some people were saying some things about uh, we might get a little bit better response on our website if we had something broken up more in a daily format. Great. And uh, that's a lot more editing for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to have the interviews, at least in some version, to stay intact because I know a lot of people like those uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. But there's some merits to that because a lot of our listeners listen on podcasts commuting to work mm-hmm. or if they're exercising or something. And a lot of these MP3 players... It's really hard to stop and pause it and go back to it. Mm-hmm. I know mine can't do it. Yeah. And so it cuts havoc if you have a long file. Mm-hmm. So there might be something that justifies that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if y'all pray about that, mm-hmm. I'll talk with you about that, see if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you all, please market our show. Go to Christian boards, forums, anywhere you can. Yep. Tell people some of the strange topics we talk about, something that's real provocative and gets people worked up. Tell them there and try to get them to come over. Uh, the best way for our word to spread is for you all to go out there and to start nosing around in these Christian sites online. Word of mouth. And and do it. And I want to read a few. Oh, by the way, there is a conference, 1st and 2nd of April. It's official. <laughs> um, the Politics of Religion Conference. Yep. Um, CJ's running it from Revelations Radio Network in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. And people you really like will be there. Uh, Derek Gilbert, both of us, I think Chris Pinto, mm-hmm. um, uh, Andrew Hoffman. Uh, will be there. And uh, by the way, Andrew Hoffman has something new he's working on. I don't know it's if this called getting married, isn't it? Well, he's yeah, he's wed, <laughs> and we congratulate him for that. Um, but but he has a new website. I'm not sure if it's up and running now, but it's new work he's doing. It's called masspropaganda.com. Mm-hmm. Please go there and go to Eugenics Wars. His website. Yeah. Buy his book. I just bought a whole bunch of them for my relatives for Christmas. So go there and get a bunch of them. It is a great thing. It's worth seeing the look on these people's faces, your relatives, yeah. when they open the package and see the cover mm-hmm. of the book. But it summarizes a lot of Future Quake stuff, uh, if you could get that. Uh, a few other links to mention. Um, TheOpenScroll.com. A uh, new friend we made uh, mm-hmm. this week in e- uh, emails. Talks a lot about pharmacia. I've got some information here about the mark of the beast and about the implantable, uh, those, those little seed chip things that they put RFID that actually have drug delivery mechanisms. Yeah. And he's got, it's a neat website. And then sycamore3.blogspot.com. Not sycamore tree, sycamore3. Yeah, sycamore sycamore three. Uh, Robert Hyde, uh, he'll blow your mind. And I think that's a lot of information and yeah. we need to ask Merv to come in and tell you how to contact us here at FutureQuake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. And again, be sure and tell us if we can read your email on air. we got to go. Any last words? Man, my head's swimming from all that stuff that you mentioned at the end. Yeah, mine's swimming from all those emails I read, yeah. but they're great yeah, people. Go take a rest, man. We love everybody. we got stacks some more stories to get back next week and some special guests coming up. In fact, some voices from the past are just around the corner that will be back on here. So mm. until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Ciao.
Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake.